Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a horror role-playing game based upon the fantastical fiction of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are... Brian, as Jack Whiteside in Dan Williams' body. I don't like them apples, Kolchak. With special guest, Zach, as Carl Kolchak Jr. Jack's sidekick that's just waiting to get axed. Hopefully there's no axes involved. Machetes are okay. Typically, I always see the new person go. I mean, how many characters did Matt go through? (laughs) (laughs) Several. All right, let's fire up the resonator to check for any new letters from beyond. On Twitter, at Technoscalds says, As part of my immersion into Call of Cthulhu, I've been listening to Lovecraft tapes from the beginning. I like that they started in 1950s Hollywood rather than one of the default eras and regions. Well? On Patreon, Barry Robison says, Hello, gentlemen. I stumbled upon your podcast about two weeks ago and have been binging it ever since. I am not a podcast person, but you guys are fantastic. I love the characters and story, and I'm tremendously impressed with your role-playing range. The way Gabe transitioned from super obnoxious Roy to super deferential deputy guy was particularly inspired. I figured since I am currently 54 episodes in, I should probably become a sponsor. I also seem to really, really share Jeremy's taste in movies. All of your recommendals for movies are the same ones I tend to pick out on Netflix and Prime. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much. That's And by the way, are you a pod person? Not a podcast person, but a pod person. Pod people, pod people. <laughs> Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Climate change, earthquakes, tidal waves, melting polar caps, dictatorial world leaders with tiny hands. The world today seems absolutely crackers, but we can do something about it, together. Hi, I'm Jennifer Conifer Overunder, and today I'm launching my official Kickstarter for the Rooftop Garden Project. Our goal is to construct botanical fruit-bearing gardens on rooftops worldwide, which will eventually feed the entire population. But Jennifer Conifer Overunder, you might say, Normal plant life isn't capable of doing that. That would be true if we hadn't discovered a moss-like substance found within a fallen meteorite on an island in the Azores. Our team of volunteers, none of whom have any scientific background or training, carefully cultivated this so-called space ivy and have been working diligently on the rooftops in the city of Horta. This initial trial run has proven successful with only a few accidents and incidental deaths. What is our plan for the Kickstarter funds? First, we need money to construct a specially fabricated spade with a very sharp weapon-like blade. Those vines can be feisty. Second, we need to procure stronger mortar for clay roof tiles since the sentient plant life tends to creep into every nook and cranny dislodging and destroying everything in its path. Finally, the bulk of your investment will go toward resloping rooftops. This will help control rainfall runoff because, full disclosure, overwatering these crazy seed pods from another planet will spell certain doom for all of mankind within 27,000 hours, give or take. What are the risks? Well, the aforementioned certain doom comes to mind, but otherwise it's virtually risk-free. Thank you for considering support of our project 
And if you'd like more information, please visit www.wearesofucked.com. And we're back. I want it. Oh, I already have it. I want three. You don't need three. You always need one extra. There's something about that product and their service that reminds me of my youth. The endless traipsing through obsidian swaths of emerald grasses at midnight, naked as the day I was born, smearing lightning bugs on my torso as my pupils opened wide, wider, and even wider still, until my eyes drank in the starshine like mulled wine, bright with futures unfulfilled, and the bittersweet promise of a long life and loves left on the roadside like ripe split roadkill. I bayed up at the moon, already lamenting the dead child inside, and now I am a wolf stripped bare, no fur, no teeth, cursed with worse than lycanthropy, doomed to that most heinous of nightmare conditions, adulting. Am I supposed to cry or be really excited right now? That, sir, is up to you. Now, dear investigators, we continue chapter nine. Leapfrog. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Days passed as the Dagon cult leader Cygnus and his consort Skinner questioned Jack Whiteside and violently interrogated Carl Kolchak Jr. Just when things seem their most dire, hope emerges in the form of old Keijo, who risks it all to create a diversion. It's a race against time as the two investigators manage to sabotage some of the materials that will be used in the upcoming ritual. They then bolt for the hills, finding the quadrunner Keijo hid for them, which allows them speedy escape to Horta. On the outskirts of town, they are surprised by a stranger in the night. Jack and Carl just as your abandoned Polaris quad rolls down the embankment in a torturous squeal crunch of metal, and you discuss aloud your next move, footsteps approach from the direction of Horta, and a voice calls out from the darkness. Did somebody say Motrin? Get down, he's got Motrin! Active shooter, active shooter! I could use some of that, good sir, if you have some. We're going to close our eyes and say, identify yourself! Who's there? I'm going to say in a, in a loud whisper. Who's there? You mean to say you don't recognize my voice? And up walks this short, squat, dark-haired individual with a big, bushy mustache, who you completely do not recognize. He's dressed up in uh, a suit from the 70s, like a leisure suit, with a uh, silk scarf hanging down almost to his knees. He has a big, toothy grin with crooked teeth. And he says, Stephen Crumpet, at your service. And he shakes a little pill bottle. You look like you could use some Motrin, sir. I look at Jack and go, is this a friend of yours? I've never seen him in my life. Just very fortuitous that he's out here. A little strange if you ask me. What are you saying? I can barely hear you. Well, let's take his drugs and then we'll move on. Out of curiosity, any like bang of dogs like off in the distance, uh, motors, anything like coming down the hill? Go ahead and give me a listen roll. How's that? I will happily do that. And I failed with a 68 when I needed a 43. So yeah, you don't. You certainly don't hear any bang of dogs or sounds of pursuit. Good. We, we could definitely use uh, some assistance there, sir. Well, that's why I'm here. Way too fortuitous. Mm-hmm. Are you sure you don't know him? I don't know him. Uh, why were you waiting for us? Waiting? I was out on my constitutional. I do this every night. Oh, you poop out here? <laughs> you six... Oh, I stepped in it. If the need arises. <laughs> or the steam. Oh, 
That's afterward. <laughs> Good one, sir. Being one with nature, huh? I am a force of nature, of course. Who are you here with? Well, the two of you, of course, my newfound friends. Do you live in the town? Yes, sir. I, you could say that, yes. Okay, you live in the town. Why do you ask? And do you still want this Motrin? Uh, yes, please. Well, here. And he, he walks up to you. I'm going to push Junior up towards him. <laughs> and he shakes out uh, a couple Motrin into your hand. Gross. I, I kind of leave my hand there for a little bit more. And he, he obliges. He gives you a little bit of a crooked grin. And uh, you see among his uh, pillbox, there are many other weird types of uh, medications to be had. A bit stronger, sir? Uh, if you can't tell, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little down today. I see that. Is there a bad business afoot? Sad pumpkin. Who did this to you? Um, I fell down the hill. Well, point me to the hill, sir, and I will take <laughs> revenge. <laughs> There's no group of people that beat me up and questioned me for the last couple of days. It's, it was just a uh, happened fall down the trail, which this nice guy uh, saved me and brought me to town. I think we have the better things to do. Time pressing. Do you know of a discreet doctor in town? Why, you're looking at him. Can we go somewhere a little more private? Well, of course. Uh, what did you have in mind? You have a look of fear about you, sir. Well, yeah. Have you ever ridden a quad with a driving roll of 20? Terrifying. And by the way, that is an ugly shade of blonde. My roots are showing. Yes, I can see that. You might need another application. And soon. Well, I'm not going to apply for credit. I'm sure you have a flask on you too, don't you? <laughs> well, certainly you read me like a book, sir. Uh, I just need something to wash this down with. Of course, yeah. Now, it's a bit strong. I'll, uh, I'll be going down the motor and take a, a good swig of the whatever's in the flask. All right, go ahead and give me a constitution roll. And dead. You can't <laughs> feel much worse than I currently yeah, am. Yeah, I bet. Hey, look at that. I needed a 60. I got a 41. So you take a big swig off the flask, and it is cooking sherry. Oh, boy. Pretty damn good. Should take care of some of the bruising for a little while. Right? Yes, and should help with the hair on your chest. How do you know if I have hair on my chest? Well, if you didn't before, you do now. Are you Robin Leach? <laughs> do you have a, a place we can go? Do you have a, a office or a, a home that we could go just to get him checked out? I'm worried something's broken. Good Lord, just simply from a hill? You never know. There's rocks and then there are hills. Hmm. Well, I certainly hope it isn't any of those cultists I've been hearing about. There's cultists up around? Yeah, what have you heard about cultists being up here? I can't imagine cultists would ever come to such a nice island. It's beautiful. Well, I heard through the grapevine that there was a stowaway on a cruise ship, and cultists were after him. It sounded like a story to me. Hmm, that sounds like a story. I might have to write that one down sometime. I highly recommend it. If you're looking for someone to play the part, um, I think he was a lot more debonair and younger. <laughs> oh, I, I can play any range. But he did, like, bet a 26-year-old uh, hot, rich woman, too. 26, you say? Well, I'll have you know that I once trod the boards at the Globe. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I was a little bit hard up for work, and the foreman let me work a day shift while they repaired the stage, and I found a fake beard in the orchestra pit. It totally counts. I, I look closer. Are you still wearing the fake beard? Oh, no, this is this is my stash. It's completely real. Go ahead, tug. I go up and give it a tug. And sure enough, it's very firm. Hey, you like the feel, eh? I quietly lean in. Do you have a place we can go or not? I need to get him checked out. Well, of course. Uh, follow me. Beyond me getting checked out, Jack, don't we have some phone calls you need to be making? That's what I was hoping for. Uh, you need a phone as well? No, no, no. We were just talking in our minds. I, I do have a bit of a psychic flair. And we don't need a phone a well 
but we do need to phone people. Well, I know people, and you are welcome to use my phone, of course. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Well, let's walk back into town, and uh, I will take you to my apartment. My flat. Oh. So tell me, what brings you to Horta? You certainly don't look like locals. A boat. Mm. <laughs> you don't say. I just did. What if you... Have you heard anything else about these uh, cultists you uh, you were talking about? Hmm. Well, no. I heard they were up to something wicked. Of course, they're cultists. Probably up in the woods, uh, raping bears or whatnot. <laughs> Could be, or fish, you know, whatever. Oh, God! They're probably French. The fish? They get up to some fun stuff, don't they? Oh, <laughs> blub, blub. We, I will definitely uh, stagger along as quickly as possible to... How far away is your, your home? Oh, it's just a quick walk. Don't worry about it. We'll be there in a jiff. We appreciate it. All your help. Not a gif, but a jiff. <laughs> is that faster than a tick? Oh, just slightly. So tell me, what are your names? I'm Stephen Crumpet, as I mentioned we wanted once again. And uh, if you want an autograph, I'm here. My name is Jack. Jack, nice to meet you. Carl. Carl. Hmm. That's a stout name. For a stout man. Oh, yeah, you're a bit slight. I bet your move rate is no more than seven. <laughs> but I can take a beating, evidently. Yes, it's true, quite clearly. Hmm. When you're into it, I guess. Like I said, some guys pay for this. Yes, well, I, I happen to notice there's uh, marks on your wrists. Um, it was a fun weekend up on the hill. Did the hill do that as well? Maybe, and no cultist would ever tie somebody up and beat them. Yes, those cultist hills are the worst. And they have eyes. I'm gonna, um, stay back a little bit from them as they're talking. Where are you going, sir? I just need to use the lavatory real quick. Oh, good God. <laughs> Savage. Hey. We're all human. Why don't we walk ahead? Uh, it takes me a little bit longer to, uh, walk along here. T tell me about yourself while you go do whatever you're about to go do. I go hide in the bushes and just watch you guys walk. <laughs> so, Carl, tell me about your travels. Where have you been? How did you get here? A boat as well. Came here uh, looking for some information, but um, ended up uh, running into some very bad people when I tried to go up the hill to take some scenic photos up there. Bad people? Do you mean hecklers? Um, no, I think it's those cultists you were talking about. Oh, yes, those. I bet you they're hecklers anyways. They did heckle me a while while they, they beat me with big, heavy objects. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, it's very sad indeed. Uh, but don't worry. Steven's here. I'm here to save the day. Steven, do you have any friends around here that are uh, maybe powerful and influential? Uh, defined friends. <laughs> <laughs> the TV show that's getting pulled from Netflix. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm peeing in a, in a bush. Are you actually peeing? <laughs> Not right now. I'm playing a game. No, I mean, what, what's your what's Jack's intent? I would like to stick back a little and just listen to make sure we're not being followed. Okay, why don't you guys give me a listen all then? I need a 25. I rolled a 93. So, Carl, uh, which boat did you come in on? Well, actually, I didn't get a really good look at the, the name of the boat, so uh, I'm not... It was a big one. Oh, the big boat. Yes, that's all you had to say. It, it was lots of tourists on there, but uh, yeah, the, the bigger issue is we need to get down to the harbor as soon as possible and... Oh, I see. We need a boat, a bigger boat than we currently have. Well, most of the boats will be gone tonight, but in the morning, I'm sure there will be a fresh batch arriving. I'm assuming that you need some place to hide out until then? Are you being chased, or are you quite loose? <laughs> I'm being chafed. I'm sorry, Mr. Whiteside. You, uh, are we moving too quickly for you? Jack might have a better idea if we're being chased or not. and uh, I'm catching up. He seems to have more experience with being chased. As I come up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean towards Carl and say, uh, no luck. No luck. I couldn't pee, okay? <laughs> <sighs> 
I'm so sorry. It's clogged. It was our voices. You thought we were watching you. Sorry. Are you a bit uh, shy? Yes. Don't like an audience? Have a shy bladder. I don't mind an audience, to tell the truth. I actually prefer an audience. (laughs) Here, watch this. And he walks up to the roadside and just whips it out and pisses all over the embankment. Eh? Impressive, eh? I had about a quarter of a gallon of vodka earlier. It smells it. Yes. A bit of asparagus for dinner. Sorry about that. (laughs) And I just cut onions. Smell my hands. Oh, all the scents wafting off of him. All right. That's me then. Let's continue. Yeah, Jack, I, he was wondering if we want some place to hide, but... um, uh, What what did we come up with uh, about getting a boat? We need to get to the harbor and get a boat. Well, as I just explained to your partner here, your buddy cop movie partner... Yeah, see? The boats are fresh out until the morning. All of them. Not even like a speedboat or something small. Rowboat. Yeah, you want a rowboat on an open ocean? Doesn't sound very good. I'm sure you know the Azores. A plane helicopter... Or even a dressed-up helicopter. We don't care. Yes, we, we don't have any plane <laughs> helicopters here. They're all quite fancy. No, no, you're, you're thinking of the airfield at the other end of the island. I'll tell you what, if, if you have a place we could stay for the night, that'd be much appreciated. Well, of course. I have an apartment, as I said, a flat, a flat, at the uh, the Moors Condominium. Not to be confused with the Moops. <laughs> the Moors. Didn't your friend say we only had a few hours? Who? What? Where? Uh, Jack. Jack has a friend? You have another friend? On the note from your friend, wasn't there like a really short time limit? Yes, that was in Cygnus's journal. The boat of the dead. Well, it's going to arrive by morning. I was kind of hoping we might have a chance to intercept it before it gets here. Actually, since I'm probably missing my watch, what time is it? I'm thinking it's around 1130 at night. How's that? That sounds good. Our nation's the only ones that use that silly 12-hour clock thing. The British Empire ran everything. Right, good sir? Exactly. Carl, you're, you're a man of the world. I would like to be a man of laying on a bed for a little while before uh, the world ends. Absolutely. Please, uh, gentlemen, I, I'm happy to accommodate and be your host for the evening. Again, we really appreciate it. Thank you, Stephen. Were these uh, so-called cultist hills in fast pursuit? Honestly, we're not sure. We were moving pretty quick. All right. Well, follow me. And uh, he sort of picks up the pace to like, eh, let's say like one second faster. He's not very fast. He's very stout. I think this is just my pace right now. I'm, good. I'm doing good right now. He's sort of like adopting a, uh, a faux suburban housewife jog. He's got the arms going by his side, just high up, and he's huffing and puffing trying to regulate his breath. I'm just going to whisper to Carl, be alert. Don't let your guard down. Watch out for this guy. He's right there. (laughs) (laughs) You don't think he's one of them? I don't think so. I think he's scared to be here just as much as we are. That was all telepathic. (laughs) He can't hear us over his uh, masturbation. (laughs) I mean breathing. (laughs) Every night I'm out here. (laughs) It's good for the heart. (laughs) A chunk of butter comes out. Like full piece of butter. <laughs> and uh, within just, uh, let's say, 10 minutes, you're back into Horta, which is a fairly modern city. It looks like it's maybe 20 years behind the times. He takes you straight up to a very basic concrete building that has a sign right outside that says, The Moors. All right, uh, we, we've arrived. Uh, this is my flat. Now, you do look quite bad off, Carl, so if you will allow me, here are the keys. I am uh, on the 14th floor, 
It's 1408. Uh, just go inside, make yourself at home, and uh, I'll be right back. I'm going to uh, go around the corner and get some medical supplies for you, Carl. And, of course, uh, some medicinal supplies, if you know what I mean. And I will return shortly and uh, make yourself a home. Does this rag smell like chloroform? <laughs> 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 I'll be back in a jiff. And he turns and starts doing his jog away around the corner. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, Jack, are you going to keep an eye on him? I don't know if we should go in that apartment. Let me go up and check it out. You stay down here and watch out. I think we should just both go in and we can go up there. But yeah, I think you should go down and check out the apartment. Yeah, um, let's let's see if there's an elevator. So we're going to head in. You go up to the front door and it is locked. I try the key. So you're fumbling around with the keys, trying to get it to fit. It doesn't seem to fit into the slot, although there is a keyhole, quite the, clearly. The hand on all the buzzers right down the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and as you're fumbling with the key and uh, messing with the buzzers, you see a shadow approach from within the lobby. Get him, Jack. And it, it passes from the lobby closer and closer and closer until it gets to where the vestibule is, opens the door to the vestibule, and you see a very thin, gaunt old man. And his face is gray and colorless. He has no laugh lines whatsoever. And he just has an unblinking stare. The undead are here. Shoot him. <laughs> He reaches the vestibule and then opens the door and stares down at you and says, May I help you? Good evening, sir. Uh, we're guests of Stephen Crumpets. I am sorry, but one does not simply walk into the Moor's doors. Uh, we could skip or jog if you prefer. Oh, did you say Stephen Crumpet? Yes, sir. <sighs> Very well, then. And he stands aside and allows you in, watching you the entire time. Excuse me, do you have an elevator? Yes, sir. Please walk in to the lobby. It's on the right. I still think he might be undead. I heard that, and I am not <laughs> undead. I get that a lot. <laughs> He's actually dead. He's a protector for the vampire, Stephen. <sighs> How are you this evening, sir? Splendid. And what was your name? I didn't catch it. I'm Jeeves, of course. Why would it be anything else? Why would my mother not pick any other name? For all that sighing, I swear to God you were going to say Kiff. <sighs> the bathroom is around the corner. Oh my God, are you psychic? Yes, I have a flair. He gets shy, so he needs the bathroom. I would like to go hit the elevator, though. Please don't hit it. Just stand in it. Push the button. It will take you to your floor. Give me a second, Carl. I'm quick. You just do that in the elevator. <laughs> <sighs> Not again. <laughs> so I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick and relieve myself. As I'm washing my hands, I'm going to look at the keys and see what how many keys are on the key ring. And then what are you doing in the meantime, Carl? Listening at the door. <laughs> oh, oh, strong stream. Do I smell asparagus? <laughs> I'll keep back out of the lobby, sort of like uh, wherever the elevator is. Uh, if I can keep an eye on I'm guessing Jesus is standing there watching me the whole time. No, actually, he seems very uninterested in you and wanders back to a little post. There's like a little alcove where he sits and reads a newspaper. And uh, you can see a TV playing in the background, sort of playing a black and white at very low volume. Looks like maybe I Love Lucy or something like that. Perfect. Just like every adventure game, I'm going to run my cursor over everything and see what I can pick up. And if nothing pops up, uh, I'll just wait until Jack comes back to the elevator. He just starts stealing stuff. But I, I will call the elevator down now. So it's waiting for us. Come here, elevator. So the elevator comes down. Why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden there, 
Carl. Oh, I can do those. Or not. Um, spend your luck if you got it. Yeah, might as well. I'll spend the seven luck. I have 49. I'm down to 42, which I think is more than anybody else in the game. I've got 13, so I gotta, I'm close. So you needed an 80. You rolled an 87. You're using seven luck. You're standing there in front of the elevator waiting for it to come down. You can sort of hear out in the distance someone pissing in a uh, urinal. That's a crappy thing to waste a spot roll on. Right, exactly. Well, hey, you did it, buddy. So you notice uh, a couple things, actually. When the elevator does arrive, it is very ratty, run down. You're starting to see the chips and the tears in the carpet and the missing pictures on the walls. So you're starting to get the impression that this probably isn't the best high-class condominium. You do notice that Jeeves is watching I Love Lucy, uh, but it appears to be in a different language. There are subtitles. He is reading the newspaper, of course, but you can see that he's primarily paying attention to the comics. Out of curiosity, is there anything interesting on the front page, since he's, I'm assuming, holding it up? There is a article that says something about the mysterious disappearance of Tristan da Cunha. Island disappears, is the headline. Smack the paper out of his hands. I think I suddenly remember a story, too, of something that happened in the 50s in Hollywood, and maybe we want to avoid the elevator. A phone begins to ring. Whenever Jack starts coming down the hallway, I just want to go over and like kind of grab the front page of the newspaper. Just kind of like pull it so I can start reading the uh, the story as we get into the elevator to go up. Just like leave the rest of the newspaper in his hand. I'm going to yoink. Gross. So you yoink the newspaper, the headlines, out of Jesus' hand. And he barely looks up and just goes, <sighs> I've had that day too, buddy. So did I ever see how many keys are on the key ring? One keys on the key ring. <laughs> It's like a long time to count. Yeah, I'm slow. One key. And then I drop it. Damn it. Must start over. Or you drop the rest of the keys in the toilet while you're pissing. Oh, that's what it was. And you pop into the elevator. I'm just going to hit 14. The whole way up the elevator, I'm reading this article and criticizing how poorly it's written. It's Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. If only it was an online paper where they have much more time to edit. <laughs> <laughs> and have spell check. Just wait until newspapers start printing U-R. There is a small blurb on the continuation of the headline story that does mention something about a search for the body of a missing FBI agent. Roy Arroyo in Arkham, Massachusetts. Sort of like one of those strange mysteries of the world. And is it with the uh, the disappearing island or a different article? Different article altogether. What the hell? So a whole island goes missing and then one FBI dude in Massachusetts. Who the hell reads this crap out here? What FBI agent? What are you talking about? Some guy with a really dumb name. Uh, Roy Arroyo. Give me that. I rip it out of his hands. Basically details the disappearance of the recently deceased Roy Arroyo. Arroyo, FBI agent, who was laid to rest in Christchurch Cemetery, and the following week, his body was stolen. Carl Jr.? Yes, Jack Dan? That was my partner. Not the one you're inhabiting right now, right? No, that was my- the one I'm inhabiting is my friend. Oh, okay. What happened to your friend? I have no idea. Like I said, we were all together on that other island. This island? I'm pointing at the, the headlines. Uh, that disappeared? Wait, let me see that article. What the what? Jack, let me just tell you about this interesting invention that came out many, many decades ago called the newspaper. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Newsed paper? Just news. It's new. 
I tell you what, the last thing I remember is being on top of an island in a volcano, dormant volcano. And then I was here, and that was three days, however many, day and a half ago, two days ago. Oh, uh, does it have when, how long ago uh, this, they say the FBI guy died? Does it have, like, the date? The paper itself is dated October 28th, 2019. However, it's quite clear by the tone of the articles that both the disappearance of the island and the disappearance of the FBI agent, which are completely unrelated and not being drawn parallel within the articles, actually different authors, they had happened in the past. So they're they're not explicitly dated. They're almost speaking about these incidents as if they had been spoken about it in previous articles. And this is why this author is really crappy, because you should always put a date in there. Just so you know, you know, going through journalist school, that should be like Uh. lesson number Oh, I'm just nodding like I understand. Oh, and you oh, always oh. put somebody's age in there because people love to read about ages. Always put salt in your eye. As Carl is explaining this to Jack, suddenly the speaker overhead in the elevator crackles slightly and you hear Muzak start to seep in. Why don't you go ahead and give me a intelligence roll? I needed a 65. I got a three. It's an extreme. I needed a 50. I got a 50. I suck. So, Jack, it takes you a minute, but Carl actually elbows you in the ribs. Carl, you recognize it right off the bat. It's a music version of Eruption by Van Halen. The elevator dings, and you arrive at 14th floor. The doors open, and there is Steven standing right outside, and he's huffing and puffing. He has two grocery bags. What? <gasps> what? What took you so long? I had to urinate, but in actuality, you're a 10. Why, thank you, sir. I get that all the time. Best pickup line ever. Follow me. And he struts down the hallway towards 1408. But you still have the key, right? I still have the key, so let's push him down, take his groceries, tickle him. And then lock him out. Oh, I guess we could do that if you want to be mean. Well, we can go through all this stuff before he comes in. I just wanted to tickle him. In case he was going to kill us on the inside, I'd like to know. Would somebody mind getting the door? Jack, why don't you go get the door for him? All right, I'll go get it. What was that? Good Lord. I hope Jeeves did not give you any trouble. No, he wouldn't let us ask anything, though. Why him? He's he's hilarious. He didn't seem to be too fond of you. Oh, that's, that's him being funny. He's quite the cod. He was rather lively. Yes. No. Maybe. Perhaps. So I'm going to go up to the door, and as I'm getting ready to slide the key in, I'm going to, like, turn my head and just listen at the door. Go ahead and give me a listen. Do you hear someone hiding inside? I needed a 25 rolled a 17. I successed. And so you press your head against the door, your ear pressed against the plywood, and you're concentrating, your eyes closed. You can hear what sounds like... You have pod people in there. And you open up your eyes and you see Steven staring into your eyes, his ear also pressed against the door. (laughs) What do you hear, Jack? I reach up with my thumb and part his stash and lean in. Well, I hardly know you and this is hardly Club 52. I pull him back from the door a little bit. Steven, what do you have in there? I hear bubbling. Something gurgling. That's my fish. My God, I forgot to feed them today. All right. So I put the key in and I open it up. And let him go in first. He rushes in. He practically drops the two bags he's carrying. Oh, Sophie, Sophie, I hope you're okay. I'm not sure if I trust anybody that has a fish named Sophie. They're only allowed to be called Wanda. And uh, you see him rush in towards a fish tank. He's rushing? It's a very small fish tank, the size of a small chest cooler. Inside is a monstrous catfish which is almost doubled up inside the the fish tank. It looks very, like, bloated and kind of, like, overfed. And, indeed, Stephen grabs, like, a big jug of 
some powdery substance. It just starts. I'm quiet. Stop shushing me. There you go, Sophie. That should help. Now then, boys, what's the plan? Is that our dinner? No, good God, not Sophie. No, 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 the fish food. She probably tastes like shit anyways. I'm sorry, shite. Yeah, what you eat? I motion for Jack to go first. Show me that motion. What, where are you going? That's the worst motion in the ocean I've ever seen. Now, Carl, you, you, you park yourself on the sofa there. I've got quite the thing for you. I'm going to put the grocery bags on the counter in the kitchen. Thank you, Jack. I appreciate that. Bust out the uh, tequila, please, and the dance moves, if you don't mind. <laughs> So we're not going to save the world. We're just going to get drunk and uh, party. We're not Scott Pilgrim. Uh, we could do both, actually. Nice. All right, let's see them wounds. Take off your shirt. Come on, Carl. Don't be shy. That's Jack's gig. <laughs> <laughs> Take the shirt off. I'm probably have covered with bruises. Once you get back to the mainland, I might suggest a gym. Any gym will do. Yeah, let me give you a name of a friend. Jim. I know quite a few gyms. Confirmed bachelor, are we? Oh, yes, yes. I. Uh, you know, the stage calls and... I answer. You know, I once played Othello for the Queen. Well, okay, it it was the board game Othello, but I beat that <laughs> Greenwich Village drag queen fair and square. I love Greenwich Village. I do as well. I miss it. Well, oh, th- those bruises don't look very nice. Are you sure there's no internal bleeding? Didn't you say you're the doctor? Uh, well, uh, PhD, technically. I play one on TV. Although, uh, yes, I did play one in a uh, three-part miniseries. This was back in the 80s, of course, when there were a miniseries. I think it was called Lonesome Pigeon. Maybe I should patch myself up. As you wish. Uh, Jack, how is that tequila coming? As as you want some? Oh, absolutely. Okay, I can use some too. I could be sure that uh, Carl here probably needs a good shot as well. Yeah, I'm going to look through his cupboards and try to find uh, close as I can to a shot glass, if not just some tumblers. And you find a very mix-matched variety of glasses. Absolutely none of them match. Nice. And uh, they look like they've seen better days. Perhaps before you have a drink, you should make a phone call. Me? Who am I going to call? Ghostbusters. Boo! (gasps) (laughs) That's only a movie. A movie that I once tried out for. That would solve all of our problems. It could, or it could create more. Well, no, we just gotta let whatever comes over, and then they can stop it. Who's they? The Ghostbusters. Oh, all right, good. It's their job. Do you have a phone book? I need to look up Peter Venkman. A phone book? Uh, Who uses phone books anymore? I don't know. Phone people? I have a few numbers of dance floors. Studio 52, if I didn't mention it previously. I'm going to look in his refrigerator, his icebox, to see if he has any ice. There is a uh, ice tray that appears to have about six cubes left in it. I meant to fill that. I'm going to take two of them out, put them in a tall glass, pour a shot in of tequila, shake it around a bit, put my finger over it, pour it into another glass, and and repeat that three times so it's a little bit chilled. Bring it in, set it down for each of us. Cheers. Cheers to newfound friends. No, no, the TV show Cheers. Oh, Cheers. I love that show. You know, I once tried out for that show. Clink, clink, clink. Do my shot. Can I use your phone? Well, absolutely. How about it? It's over there on the kitchen wall. It's actually a uh, corded, and it's in the uh, shape of a football. Aw. <laughs> it's not a hamburger? Nope. no, It's football. Hello? Yes, I'm trying to call Klondike 457. <laughs> I won't say that was payment, but... 
It was payment. <laughs> when I get a chance, I'm going to uh, meander over the phone and uh, attempt to call the F to the B to the I. I'm going to try to patch myself up as best as possible. At least the other four ice cubes that he has, I'm going to try to put on the, the worst bruising. And if there's any cuts or, you know, scrapes or whatever, whatever he happened to buy, if it is bandages and hopefully rubbing alcohol or whatever, you know, going to patch myself up. Actually, he, he brought a few things from the... What might have been the convenience store that just happened to be open around the corner. One of those health kits that I can just inject and get like 100% life all of a sudden. He brought six or seven full bottles of booze. Maybe the low-grade vodka could act as a rubbing alcohol. And the bandages that he brought were a roll of ace bandage. It's just like one simple roll, the kind that sort of sticks to itself. And a box of blister band-aids. Actually, I use the ace bandage to hold those four ice cubes onto whatever is the worst spot. You're in relatively bad shape. Your wrists hurt tremendously, obviously. I just figured it was uh, self-abuse. Oh, sorry. Your head actually uh, is a bit lumpy, but you're kind of used to that. So you, you've been knocked about the head, breast, and shoulders <laughs> quite a lot. You got a big red shake around <laughs> your neck. You know. So it is really your, your wrists and your shoulders that are getting the worst of it. The handcuffs have sort of bit into the uh, flesh in your wrists. So that that's probably the worst of the bunch. Otherwise, you're you're actually pretty tough. You're you're almost like rubbery. <laughs> Stretch Armstrong. You're leaking corn syrup, sir. Bandage that up. Now you know I'm an alien. I'll have to kill both <sighs> of you. Finally, as you patch yourself up the best you can, Stephen is watching you intently and sort of giving you a wink and a smile and drinking his tequila and refilling his tequila, putting a splash of tequila into the fish tank and uh, refilling your glass and refilling Jack's glass. <laughs> He's being the consummate host. He's trying to get us drunk so he can take advantage of you. I, I make sure that my, my belt goes on even tighter. It's quite clear to both of you because Jack is an FBI agent and uh, Carl is just a very astute reporter that Stephen is probably more engrossed in himself getting drunk than anything else. Yeah, I'm letting him drink. I'm not sh- I'm not drinking with him. You know, one time I was dancing with Clooney at Studio 54. It's, no, I'm sorry, 52. It's just down for 54. And, and uh, we, we danced the night away. Mikey Clooney? It was glorious. Georgie Clooney, he floats. Steve, do you have a cell phone or a computer I could borrow? Oh, I don't believe in those technological wonders of the world. Steven, they're real. I don't want anybody tracking me, if you know what I mean. What do we need? We have the newspapers. We, we have a phone here on the wall in the shape of a football. What more could you ask for? More tequila. Does he have a, uh, a couple newspapers laying around? Go ahead and give me a look, bro. No, I needed a 42. I got a 51. It seems like he, he either does not have anything lying around that you can tell, or he's tucked him away, or... Oh, he's a tucker. The maid just cleaned. The maid. More tequila, Jack. I'm on the phone. Give me give me a minute. Yes, how, how is that going, by the way? Beep, 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 beep. Oh, shoot, you got to turn this thing. How does this work? FBI. IBF. What's your code? 42. 42 is no longer in service. What's your new code? I have no new code. Please give us a vocal imprint. Jack Whiteside. Denied. Dan Williams. Denied. Shit, what was that? Click, click. Me. Are you kidding me? Are you having trouble, Jack? Give me a minute. Well, he's a bit busy. How about you, Carl? Would you like something else to drink? You don't seem to be touching that tequila very much. More Motrin? I have something a bit stronger. No, no, no it's, uh, I'll should be fine. Okay, it's just this med kit. I guess you don't need it 100%. Out the window. <laughs> no, I need a sanity kit at this point. Oh, I can't help that. I'm 
sorry. Did you ever mention if, that Skinner was ex-FBI? I mentioned nothing of the sort. Sophie, did you say something about Skinner? That's the fish. There's no water. It's full of food and tequila. I need each of you to give me a constitution roll, please. I need a 70. I rolled a 67. I sucked my sass. I need a 60. I got a 55. So you're starting to feel a little bit sleepy. It's probably around 1230 right now, and you guys have had a rough day. This is a normal day for Jack, though. Is it, though? No. Kidnapped, shot in the face. You know, this seems like a normal Jack day. Is there a room I can go into? Just where it's quiet? Yes, of course. Use my bedroom. There's hardly any action in there. Thank you. I'm going to go in there and just try to clear my mind and think of what I need to do procedure-wise when calling into the FBI so they patch me through to somebody that can hear my... My issue. Well, since he's not using the phone, I'm going to use his phone to call my uh, editor and boss, Tony Vincenzo. Tony Baloney Vincenzo. Uh, no, Carl, don't move. I'll, I'll bring the phone to you. Uh-huh. And he grabs the football phone and brings it all the way. The, the cord stretches like 30 feet all the way over to you. There you are. Good old days. Uh, you just take care of yourself. That's your first priority. I think I've only read about these. In Sports Illustrated? It's quite rare. I don't even think they give anything like that away anymore. No, why would they? It's priceless. Surprised they don't actually don't make a football cell phone. Oh, trust me, I've checked. I would like to call the East Coast to uh, to Massachusetts to my boss. Why don't you go ahead and give me a luck roll to see if he's in? Damn you! Ha ha! I need a forty-two. I rolled a twenty-six. Success. It rings once, and Tony picks up. Tony, it's Carl. God, what do you want? Tony, I, I'm working on a story, and mm-hmm. I need your help. Uh, I kind of oh, got in. Oh, there's a surprise. I, a little over my head this time. Wow. It, it just, Tony, I just need your help. Just, just. Uh, yeah, where should I send the money? Actually, I need you to reach out to anybody you know in the State Department. State Department? What? Come on, because I'm working on a story here, and we need some assistance. Uh, we are in a lot of trouble. Bad stuff is going to happen on this island. I think there's a military base nearby, and they probably need to know that bad stuff's happening here. Wait a minute. Are you in Jamaica again? I'm not footing the bill for another goddamn red stripe parade. <laughs> Jamaica be crazy. <laughs> nope. Just, uh, just stop being the end of the world, Tony. That's that's what I do. Oh, well, yeah, what, yeah, why would I think anything different? Yeah, a small army of cultists, you know, uh, things mm-hmm. that are bad yeah. here. Tony, you're, you're going to be a hero if you make that phone call. Oh, yeah, God, how many times have I heard this thing? Um, like three, maybe four. Mm-hmm. God, you're just like your dad. I hear that often. Mm-hmm. Come on, Tony. All right, who do you want me to call? Anybody that might be able to reach out here and get us a boat as quick as possible. Maybe even evacuate the island. Which island am I evacuating today? I'm on the island of Fail. File. Yeah, how do you spell that? It's, uh, I think it's Island of the Flower. It's I-L-H-A-D-O-F-A-I-A-L. Got it. Rose Island. Got it. It's in the Azores chain, so, you know, as soon as possible. Got it. Azores. Yep. Okay, no problem. <laughs> All right, I'll make some calls. Uh, anything else? You want some artillery? Hey, Steven, what's your phone number here so uh, I can give, uh, give my boss your number? It's six. <laughs> <laughs> Call Horta and ask for number six, and that'll get me on the phone, I guess. All right. Yeah, all right. Whatever you say. Carl. Just take care of yourself and uh, get back in one piece, would you? Of course. You know me. I always will. If you make a phone call, I might survive this. This story better be good. Better be worth it. Hey, if you don't, we will both be in hell, probably. Mm, That sounds good right about now. I'll bring the drinks. See you, Carl. 
Click. Okay, Jack, I made my one and only phone call. I know what to make. Jack, you hear some mumbling out, out in the other room. You're not quite sure what it said, but uh, you're, you're trying to concentrate. I'm going to need each of you to make a con roll, please. I need a 70. I got an 81. I need a 60. I rolled a 66. I failed as well. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. You hang up, Carl, with Tony. We are both going to wake up tied up again. And Stephen takes the phone out of your hand and replaces it with a glass of tequila. That's about half full. I put it off to the side. And your hand is sort of shaking slightly. And you hear, as you lean back your head on the sofa, just the constant I don't like that fish. The fish is going to fuck us. And you drift out of consciousness. Jack, you are in Stephen's bed. Yeah. (laughs) It's all satin sheets. You're very frustrated because you just can't get your thoughts. They're just a jumble. And you feel these like other thoughts, other memories pushing your own away. And you are fighting too hard against these other thoughts pressing in on your consciousness, and you feel yourself slipping away into sleep. Exhaustion just overwhelms you, and you feel yourself, even before you hit the bed, you're tipping over, and you're out like a light. But just before you lose complete consciousness, you hear Dan's voice say, Jack, wake up. Sometime later... Carl, you feel somebody shaking you. What's going on? Carl, Carl, wake up, quick. Somebody's here. We have intruders. I'm going to go warn Jack. Wake up, wake up. I, I get up and I, I, I look around to see what's going on. And Stephen rushes down the hallway to the bedroom and you can hear him shaking Jack awake. Jack, wake. It's your cultists. They're here. I hear them downstairs. They're after us. Carl, while you hear Stephen waking up Jack and you walk stumbling towards the front door. Indeed, you hear what sounds like maybe down a floor through a stairwell. Someone yelling and screaming, and you can hear some low voices calling out, and then a short interrupted scream. I want to make sure the door's locked. It is. There's nothing else I can do except lock the door, so I'm going to run back and make sure Jack's getting up. Jack, the crazy guy is not actually crazy. They, I think they are downstairs coming up. We got to get out of here. Is there a way out? Steven. Yes, yes, of course. Show us. He moves quickly into the living room. All right, I think they have the downstairs sealed off. And they're coming up. So I suggest that we do what all action movies do, and we run across the rooftops. It's nearly dawn now, and I think we can make the harbor by the first light. Let's do it. How do we get to the roof? Well, out through the fire escape. You probably noticed that on the way up. Follow me. All right. Follow Stephen. I'm following them, too. And he throws open the window in the living room, and outside is a steel girder fire escape. It's just a short jump to the rooftop below to the next building. In the distance, Carl, you can see the shoreline and you see just the slight glow of the dawn arriving. So everything's sort of purple black. Just like your bruises. Very picturesque. So you you quickly realize that you probably have slept longer than you anticipated or knew. Somehow they've caught up with you. Oh my. And Steven, of course, leads the pack. He's actually very sprightly and nimble and jumps out onto the fire escape and leaps onto the building rooftop below and does a somersault and jumps up and says, ta-da! <laughs> Theater work. Come on, gentlemen. Are you up for this, Carl Jr.? If Steven can do it, I can, I'm sure I Don't can Don't lose get your there, tomatoes on your way over. <laughs> after you, Jack. 
No, I'm going to make sure you go first. I'm going to secure this window. Uh, yeah, I'll try to uh, jump across. You easily jump across. It's not that big of a deal. Okay, good. But you can tell that probably the travel towards the uh, across the rooftops may be a little bit more dicey. More importantly, as Jack secures the window, he sees through the window three female cultists all wearing ball gags smash through steven's front door and the lead assassin sees you through the window and grins giving chase and we're now on chase sequence each participant needs to make a con roll i needed a 70 i rolled a 16 i needed a 60 and i got a 39 which is a success as well Stephen and his con roll. Uh, he failed his con roll, so he's going to be a little bit less this round. This is basically to establish your speed. And so we have Carl and Stephen are both at a seven move right now. So that means they get one move action per round. Jack, you get two because you, you are, are a little bit faster. You're eight. I'm going to roll now for the cultists. And we need to arrange everybody in dex order. I'm a 60. 60 as well. And the cultists are 45. Basically, we're going to have Steven go first. In any given turn, you can uh, spend one move action to move forward one. If you have extra move actions, like Jack does, you can move one location and add a bonus die per additional move action if there's some sort of hazard. Oh, okay. And you won't know that until we hit an alligator. You can also attack, cast a spell, perform some other action requiring time, like pick lock, delay your action until another character acts if you like. So Steven is first. So he's going to go ahead and move move ahead one. And next up would be Jack. I'm just going to do the double move then. And Carl. Following Steven. So uh, this cultist is going to move up two, catching almost up to Steven. And this one's going to move up two, catching almost up to Jack. And this one's going to move up one. Next round, Steven's going to move ahead one. Um, I'm going to move ahead one and look around for a weapon because I have nothing to fight with. Anything on the roof, like if uh, someone left, a, I don't know, a broom or a hammer or anything, like a worker, you know what I mean? You have actually encountered the first hazard. So the clay tiles on the rooftop begin to slide off into the alleyway below. I'm going to need you to jump. Oh, Jesus. Actual jump. Might as well. I needed a 20. I rolled a 46. You failed. Go ahead and roll D3. I got a three. <laughs> All right. So you will lose three move actions. Ooh. You do move forward one. I'm just going to go down with the tiles and call it good. You don't find anything. So that's one move action that you lost. Next up is going to be Carl. I'll go right ahead to the next spot. And this guy moves ahead two. And next round we'll probably try to attack. This guy is lagging behind. And next round, Steven is going to attempt to navigate the uh, clay rooftop. He needs a jump. He failed his jump. He needed a 40. He rolled an 86. So he will lose one action. So he will actually move ahead. Jack, you still have two move actions that you're going to lose. And Carl. I'm going to keep moving up. All right. Go ahead and roll me some jump, some sweet, sweet jump. Uh, so I needed a 20. I got a 72. Roll D3, please. So you're going to lose one move action. And it is the cultist turn. And this cultist needs to make a jump. Cultist 1. Needed a 20, rolled a 57. 
Yay. Oh, going to lose three actions, but they still get to move ahead. Right, because they made it to that point. Mm-hmm. And then cultist number two. Come on, come on, die. Come on, come on, come on, now touch me, baby. That's an epic fail. Do they just fall? Yeah, actually, I didn't think about that. But yeah, why not? I like it. You did a 20, rolled a 47. That's a fail. And it's also going to lose three actions. So we're all just standing side by side, waiting for the next turn, looking at each other. <laughs> Cultists are like, oh. But they get to move forward. And so now they're neck and neck. Cultist three, who is catching up with Carl. Needed a 20, rolled a 48. That's a fail. Next round, Steven, he has to stay there. And he can't do anything. So cultist number one actually loses three turns. So, But he gets two. So he's only got one left to lose. One life to live. Uh, it's Jack's turn. And I have one that I lost, so I can move one. You have one action right now. What would I roll to fight? Brawl. An actual brawl, okay. I will be moving forward. My fighting brawl is 25. Jack's running for the hills. And Carl. Oh, no, I, I lost one, so I think that this is that this time. Yeah. So you, you have to stay there. Then we're on to the cultists. This guy is going to, he, he's got one left to lose. Yeah. This guy, number two, he also lost two, and he has two. So he has one left to wait out. This guy didn't lose any, so he can actually go, and he can only move one. So then we're at the top of the round. I now have Crumpet. He's actually going to take a swing and try to push that cultist one. And needed a 25 and rolled a 65. So that is a miss. The cultist is actually going to fight back. Needed a 25 and rolled a 25. So Steven takes three points of submission damage. Oh, he's into that. Why, yes, I am. <laughs> That's why he drugged you last night. <laughs> he's down to seven of ten hit points. Jack, you're good. I'm going to move forward one and again look and see if I can find something to fight with. Spot hitting? Spot hitting. Hit that spot. Mm. I needed a 77. I rolled a 15. That's extreme. I found a chainsaw. So someone has been doing some gardening up on one of the rooftops and you find a long-handled spade. It's basically a shovel. Nice. Carl? Uh, I'm actually going to try to hit the the guy that's right here with me uh, with my asp. With your ass? Yep. It's deadly. Fire away, baby. Now I need a 30. I got a 76. Silent, but deadly. <laughs> Cultist number two is actually going to fight back and try to punch you. Needed a 25 and rolled a 23. Cheater! You take two hit points of submission damage. Put the ball gag in your mouth. It's almost like she knew exactly where you were hurt and punched you right in the wound. Baby, I'm not into a tough love. <laughs> Can we just talk about this? So uh, you have uh, 10 of 12 now. That is your one action. Cultist turn now. This one loses one, but then has one action. Going to try to punch Steven again. Cultist one takes a swing. Needed a 25, rolled a 36. Steven's going to attempt to fight back. Needed a 25, rolled a 36. It's a fail. And then we'll attempt to... Let's go after Jack. Moves one. And finally, cultist number three needs to make a jump roll. Needed a 20, rolled a 68, failed. And is penalized three. New round, Steven. And moves ahead one. Can see the end in sight. Jack. I'm a little worried about Carl. Carl's a follower. I'll back up one, and I'll hit the one guy, back up another, and knock out the third guy, and then I'll swing around <laughs> to the... 
Dun, 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 dun. I'm coming, you bastards. Is it turning into a Wick movie? So once I get to the to the end, I'm done. I have no more moves. I can't come back into play, correct? You can do whatever you like, my Okay, friend. then I'm going to move to the green circle and be like, I'm first. Firsties. Firsties. Well, unfortunately, there's another hazard. Of course. It's another crocodile. The next rooftop is higher up. As you're approaching the shoreline, I'm going to need a climb from you. Give me a boost. Push on my caboose. Give me a boost. <laughs> Put your hands on my ass and push real hard. <laughs> hey, I need a 20. I got a 63. I fall in between the buildings and snap all of my bones. You, you got to avoid those uh, pigeon spikes on the top when you jump up. Oh, I forgot about that. That's what keeps me holding. I'm like, ah! You move ahead no matter what. You're done right there. You had one extra move action, so you have one deficit. Now it's Carl's turn. I'm uh, moving forward. Dun, 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 dun. Watch out there. Cultist turn. Cultist moves forward. Actually, moves two. This one also moves two. Needs to roll a climb roll to get to where your jack is. Needed a 20, rolled an 82. Failed. Penalized one. I'm getting kidnapped again. I just see it. Cultist number three uh, is actually penalized three. So now he's only penalized one. She's only penalized one. Sorry. And we're at the top of the round. Steven is going to move forward one. Steven should go back to his apartment. <laughs> right? <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. It's been splendid. He's just caught up in the fun at this point. Yeah. Jack, you are penalized one. So I can move one. Yep. And complete the mission. You retain the green. I'm the wiener. Carl. Moving up. And then we have cultists. This cultist can attack with two motions since now Jack is out of bounds. Cultist number one attacks Steven. Oh my. Needed a 25, rolled a 23, does two points of damage. How are your rolls so good? Because he's the, the keeper. Oh, that's He has right. the little cheat box over He's there. rolling a 25-sided dice. So that takes him down to... Funky Town. Five. So we're on to cultist number two, who's penalized one action. Basically, just waited out there. Oh, Carl. I see you. Cultist number three is penalized two actions, so one left. We're at the top of the round, and Steven is going to be like, I can make that, and tries to climb up. I like that he announces it. Here I go. I'm climbing. Needed a 20, rolled a five hard, easily scrambles up without any penalty whatsoever, maybe due to fear mostly. Or the blue pills working. And Carl. Oh, I'm going to move forward as well. All right. You can see the end in sight. You can see Jack up on the uh, wall as well as Steven, both like lending their hands down. Come on, come on, come on. But unfortunately, the cultists are swarming you. And I rolled my climb, needed a 20 and only got a 30, so I failed. Roll D3, please. Two. All right, Carl, you are penalized two move actions. And we are at uh, the cultists. Cultists number one tries to scramble up the wall after steven needed a 20 rolled a 30 and is penalized to cultist number two is not penalized anything and is going to attempt to strike carl needed a 25 rolled a 48 carl what would you like to do i can actually do dodge instead i'll tell you what if you roll a hard dodge i'll give you the extra space to run up sure well, i need a 75 rolled a 76 
Cultist number three finally wipes their deficit away. Top of the round, Steven leaps next to Jack and starts cheering on Carl. Carl, your turn. And you have uh, two deficits. So you have one left to lose. So we'll move on to Cultist one was already in a delay. So, or they, they lost action. So they can't do anything. They have one left to lose as you do as well. Cultist number two is going to swing at you. They're, they're not in any sort of deficit. So Cultist number two is going to take a swing. Needed a 25, rolled a 54. Your option to do what you want. Might as well swing back since it's basically a free attack. I need a 30, I roll a 34. I'm going to spend the four uh, luck points. Okay. Nice. All right, so Cultist 2 takes two damage. And I'm down to 38 luck. And they're down to eight of ten hit points. Cultist number three is able to move ahead. One, finally. I'm coming for you. (laughs) And we're at the top of the round. Carl, it's you, baby. You have one left to lose, so that wipes you clean. Yep. Cultist number one, who is now wiped clean, doesn't do anything. And cultist number two is like, you bastard. Tell him my mom. Baby, I'm a lover, not a fighter. And takes a swing at you. Need a 25, rolled an 84. And up to you what you want to do. I'll swing back because it's uh, she's left herself open. I needed a 30. I rolled a 100. Oh, boy. You take a swing. She blocks it with her fist. And those spikes wrench the asp out of your hand and it goes clattering into the alleyway below you just lost your ass that was my favorite asp so cultist three actually gets to move up and now it's your turn move forward at the very last second carl leaps up and jack and steven grasp his hands and pull him up out of the cultist path nice hey jack could you go back and get my ass for me Oh, you! I got your ass. But as they pull Carl up onto the other rooftop, they realize too late in their haste that this higher rooftop is slanted and they all fall backwards and begin to slide off the rooftop. And they go over the edge, tumbling, 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 and land on a canopy above a storefront, just as the sun crests the horizon, and you roll onto a fruit cart, and amid oranges and lemons and pineapples, you all tumble into the street, just as sunlight breaks the horizon, and you hear a siren cut the air. It sounds way too strident to be a simple waking call or greeting to a ship. It sounds like a warning siren, and it's coming from the docks. How far away from the docks are we? They're just like a few hundred feet away. Oh, okay. What on earth is that? What the hell? I don't know. We need to get down there now. With all due haste, lead the way, Jack. Dun, 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 dun. <coughs> <laughs> following Jack. And don't worry, I will delay our pursuers. And you see him turn around as you guys race away, and he drops his pants as the cultists look over the rooftop, and he starts swinging his dick around, and he says, I once performed this maneuver as James Bond on the silver screen. Do you prefer it shaken? And he flops it up and down. (laughs) Oh, God. Or stirred. And he helicopters it. And you see this look of shock and amazement come over the cultist's face. That works every time. But in truth, the flick was softcore porn in the 70s titled The Hindlick Maneuver, where I played James Bondage. And yes, I played him to the hilt. (laughs) And then you guys are running towards the shoreline. You have the oddest friends. He is not my friend. I can still hear you. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm munching on a tangerine and a pineapple. And as you guys run buddy cop style towards the docks, the light catches glints off the beacon at the end of the dock that runs out onto a very skinny jetty. You stop in amazement as you see on the left side of the beacon is a ship coming in very close now just arriving and it's a pristine rescue ship and you can see there's people up on the deck looking over and more importantly jack you see yourself and declan waving down at you and carl on the right side of the beacon you see something completely different you see the same ship except it is rusty and worn and behind it is a cloud of blackness which is lit with sheet lightning and on the deck of this ship you see a host of undead creatures staring down hungrily as well as two humanoid figures that are completely made of bubbling black goo Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. Jack, this is going to be your perfect opportunity to do the one thing that people dream of. It's just going to be masturbation if you want to make out with yourself. <laughs> just saying. Nice. It, it's self-love. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. It's spotty. Oh, my God. Well, I thought I kind of had it figured out until that. Oh, yeah. I have, I have no idea how to stop this at this point. I was really hoping to find a boat to... Uh, Stop this in the water, but, um... Am I Black Acre, too? I don't wanna be. And don't worry, I'm gonna let you go on that boat, and I'm gonna go the other way. Yeah, I don't blame you. a real boat. <laughs> Run away! Jack, why are you so interested in going and making friends? All right, guys. Well, it's time for some hashtag recommendo, so please roll D100. 93. I rolled an 11. This one goes to 11. Bri, start us off, buddy. All right. I am going to recommend The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. That's the new Netflix series. Of course, growing up in that era, The Dark Crystal, when the movie came out with the puppets and everything like that, Jim Henson, huge fan. They had, in my eyes, a lot to live up to. And initially, from what I read when they decided they wanted to do this as not necessarily with Netflix, but just to produce a show, a prequel to the movie, they were looking at doing uh, computer generated some animation. And I was like, it's just not going to work. It's like, you don't want to have a cartoon or, you know, CGI or anything like that. So I was pleasantly surprised when they announced that Netflix picked them up and Netflix wanted to do all original and use Jim Henson's puppetry and all of the family decided to be involved with the process. And some of the original people on the Dark Crystal that work with Jim Henson signed up to be designers and on the the show along with everybody else. I, I restricted myself to, and I usually put the ball gag in and just watch it all in one sitting crying. But uh, I made myself only do like one episode every one or two, three days. And I just finished it this weekend. And it was extremely well done. I am very impressed. And I it took me back. Every episode told the story and it felt like you were back in the movie and every character had emotion. I still don't know how they can do that with puppets. But uh, I highly recommend it. If you're a fan of the original movie, The Dark Crystal, you will not be disappointed. And I think you'll actually be impressed. And if 
if you get a chance, look up and see the actors that are tied into this movie for voice work. It's, it's very impressive, the, the amount of, of people that the Dark Crystal and Jim Henson and the Muppets and everything touched in their lives when they were young to be able to come full circle and be part of this program. Uh, you can feel the passion in, in their acting and in their voice work. I highly recommend The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. All right. Thanks, Bri. Uh, my recommendo for tonight is a movie from 1982 called Liquid Sky, directed by Slava Sukerman, starring Ann Carlisle. And that's all you need to know. There's lots of other people in this, but it doesn't matter. This is the only one that actually matters. If you looked up the definition of batshit... In the dictionary, there is probably a still from this movie. The plot, if you can call it that, concerns a dinner plate-sized flying saucer parking atop a New York City penthouse where the tiny alien inside psychically feeds off the chemical reaction that occurs inside the human brain when the person is either shooting up heroin or having an orgasm. Because they're the same thing. But if you shoot heroin, you're cool. If you have an orgasm, a crystal shard that's about eight inches long juts out of your head and or you disappear in a cloud of mercury. The nonsensical, barely connected events include a German astrophysicist trying to study the alien, a horny Jewish well-to-do lady who evidently gets turned on by witnessing wholesale acts of murder, random acts of rape, terrible, terrible new wave music, necrophilia, Terrible, terrible new wave fashion design, awful beatbox scat poetry, and an amazing performance by Anne Carlyle, who plays dual roles, one guy, one girl, in the same scene. In fact, Carlyle is the only reason to watch this because her on-screen presence is mesmerizing, and her monologue in the dark while painting her face with neon glow-in-the-dark paint is probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen on film. The whole thing lasts about two hours, and most of the running time is excruciating. But at some point, it transcends trash mediocrity and becomes a haunting memory of dirty NYC in the days before gentrification sanitized Manhattan and before terrorists destroyed the Twin Towers, a beautiful shot of which highlights the amazing cityscape cinematography. So that's Liquid Sky. It's currently on Shutter. You have to have a strong fortitude and constitution and patience beyond measure, which I have. Within the first 15 minutes, I was contemplating turning it off. But I am a masochist, too. And I, I don't feel it is proper to ever, ever say anything positive or negative about a movie unless you've seen every single second of it. And so I toughed it out for another 20 minutes. And I'm glad I did because ultimately I enjoyed it. It's a pleasure pain kind of thing, <laughs> but really it is something to behold. And uh, I can't re recommend it to everybody. I could recommend this to probably about 3% of the population, if that. So anyways, that's Liquid Sky. Check it out. And Zach, you can finish this up. I would like to recommend uh, one of my favorite book series of all times. I'm sure most of your fans have read uh, the Dresden series. Uh, Harry Dresden, uh, written by Jim Butcher. 15 novels, plus a bunch of different tie-ins in other books and short story collections. Outstanding series, which fits well with the uh, the Call of Cthulhu. The main character is a PI and consulting wizard in Chicago. The only wizard listed in the phone book as it is. The cool thing is, for anybody that has not read it, the first time I heard of the series, somebody's like, yeah, 
that's a wizard in Chicago. And I was like, that's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But actually finally sitting down and reading the first book, they take it as a very uh, scientific way of casting magic. It's all about energy. People don't believe in magic. He works with the police. They don't believe in anything that he does. They just think that he's very smart and figures things out that they just don't know about. So I, I love that he is a wizard. He does deal with magical items, magical beings, magical spells. Nobody outside those circles has any respect for what he does, but the uh, the overarching storyline involves everything from ghouls to the real horrible evil elves that are out there to um, Santa Claus, isn't it? Things beyond the outer limits of reality, which is very Cthulhu-esque. It's uh, very good, and out of the 15 books, they are all standalone P.I. Noir-type stories, usually a damsel in distress or somebody that needs help. He's the P.I., he goes and helps them, and the nice thing is, he is like the worst hero ever. He gets the crap kicked out of him in every book. He almost dies or does die or breaks things. He never comes through unscathed. He never does things perfectly. He makes bad decisions like every normal human being does. So it's very well written. It's a real person making poor decisions based on knowledge that they have. But the overarching storyline is still continuing. So he's started a story back in 2000 with the first book. 15 books. The story's only getting better and bigger and more powerful and more world resounding. When he first started the series, I think he was talking about doing a 24 book run to wrap up the whole thing, but he plans to have an end to the storyline. So uh, it's an awesome set. And he's actually written a couple books that are other characters within the world from their perspectives because the whole book series is from Harry Dresden's perspective but he has one from his uh, apprentice perspective he has one from another character that's close to him's perspective and they have completely different personalities Jim Butcher really stretches himself after the first book or two when he really finds his niche and does a really good job writing uh, different people different ways so just want to throw that out there for anybody that has not read it you really need to go get through the first book it's you know his first book that got published it's not the best, but it only gets better from there. Well, thank you, Zach. That sounds awesome. We'll check that out. But unfortunately, that's going to be it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. You can find me on Twitter at Brian Podcasts. And you can't find me on Twitter, but you can get me here on Discord. And if you ever say nice things about the guest star, that would be really nice. You know, you know, maybe somebody likes me out there, but uh, I can't match these guys. But uh, I can be found on Discord if anybody's really looking for me. We like you. I, I like no. you guys, too. And I would hug if I could. As a friend. <laughs> Damn. But you can't. Until next time, roll for Sophie. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2019. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. People are nuts, man. They binge this stuff like crazy. It's, it's, I'm shocked and amazed. Well, who doesn't want to hear all of your guys' voices all through the night while they're sleeping? Ugh, not me. Right, guys? <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs>
Hey, Zach. Hey, what? Do you need a cure for what's ailing you? Always looking for another cure that ails me. Wait a minute. You want, you want me to ail you? Exactly. I'm looking for new ales so I can get more cures. I have the product that you will absolutely love, and it'll be the only product you'll ever need. But what if I want two? Well, you can own two. Oh, okay. And then you'll have to sell it to somebody else. It's called Suckin' Root. It's the only root you'll ever need to cure all your ailments. Uh, tell me, exactly how does it work? Well, it's little difficult. It comes with a 43-page instruction booklet. We advise that you read the entire thing before putting the root into your mouth and sucking on it. Well, at 43 pages, that should be the table of contents and then the answer to the life, the universe, and everything. Most of it, it just says on, on 41 of the pages, do not swallow. But we want to drive that point home. So if you haven't tried it yet, sucking root is the cure-all. How often have you used it? I have. I'm using it right now. Oh, okay. That would explain a little muffled sound I'm hearing. No, no, no. I swallowed it. Just let me know what the uh, side effects then are of swallowing. Zach, can you call for help? Help. It really hurts. Nobody's coming. And where can I get this uh, this magnificent root of yours? Zach, come over. It really hurts. You can get it out of my stomach. You can order it from any of your local uh, pharmacies. Okay, well, come over because it really does hurt. It's burning. So try it soon. S- suck it, root. Sorry, I'm pulling it up right now. Gross. Look, just because he whipped it out and pissed doesn't mean you have to. <laughs> All right, at first I'm going to look for 13. See if there's a floor 13. There is no floor 13. I floor knew 13. it. Number 14 is 13. So should we go to 15 to get to really the 14th There, floor? there is no 15. 14's oh. the total. 14's the top. I think we should go to 12 and then hover through the floors up. Astro project. We could go out somebody's window and then climb up the outside of the building. Oh, that's true. But what if the statue has boobs on it on the outside of the building? Then the lady sees us and they call the police. Frank Drebin. I shove him against the wall. <laughs> Kick him. Put this gag in your mouth. Kiss him passionately. <laughs> I Smack, love you kiss, too, man. Smack again. <laughs> and then this is my other friend, Billy. <laughs> oh, oh, Billy. <laughs> Talks with my hand. Thumb over the fingers as a mouth. This is usually my girlfriend, not my friend. No, this is my friend. Your girlfriend's your hand. Oh. <laughs> you can't have Billy. Wah, wah, wah. I'm sorry about your friend, man. Billy can't talk right now. Goes right with a volcano. Oh, I was actually thinking of my nightlife. But the volcano thing works, too. Yeah. The pustules or the... Oh, uh, you know. I what? like the party. I like the nightlife. He's <laughs> the disco ride. <laughs> Sorry, we're a little giddy tonight. We're super giddy. We're going giddy. I start putting the ball gag in my mouth. <laughs> Slowly. <laughs> Just wide-eyed. Are you Microsoft customer service? <laughs> what am I evacuating today? Have you tried uh, uh, booting up your island from the get-go? <laughs> oh, it will be shut down, that's for sure. But it will not reboot. <laughs> so I feel my memories. You feel your memories. And you're like, hey, why not? I'm in bed. Steven's going to help you with your frustration. <laughs> I bet he can. <laughs> Sorry, I've had to go to the bathroom for like 40 minutes. <laughs> me too, but you don't see me crying. It's below yeah. the camera. You could just, just go. <laughs> go. Just go. Shouldn't this I is have, the nude show, right? I We're shouldn't have had three shirts? beers. Come on, sometimes how, how often do you guys not wear pants during these? I'm just saying. <laughs> Get the garbage can out and let her fly. <laughs>